Fire can be both frightening, but it also has something about an attraction to it that, that we can't resist. People are attracted to fire. You know, when we choose to follow Christ, our life starts out on, it's an adventure. It's a whole new adventure. But you know, it goes to a new level when we are filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. When he burns within us, it cannot help but gets people's attention. People cannot resist the fire. And even although fire can be somewhat terrifying, when we realise where the fire comes from and the source of it in us is God himself, then there is a sense of awesomeness about God. There is a sense that we should have a holy fear of God because he is great. He is greater than what we can even imagine. But he has an awesome attractiveness too that we cannot resist. His love, his power, his goodness. He's an amazing God. And when we are filled with fire, when we're on fire, people cannot resist it. Jesus said that, we, that he wanted this church to be set on fire. Because when fire breaks out, it's hard to keep in one place. It's contagious and it will spread. That's why he wanted the church to be set on fire, so that it would spread. So that lots of people would, would come to know about his love that can warm their hearts, that can change their lives. When the church first started, those men and women who were a part of that first church found themselves going out everywhere, telling people about Jesus, about his life-changing power, about his transforming love, his cherishing love. And they went out to tell they couldn't help themselves. They couldn't keep it within. And I think strangely enough, the more that we are consumed by this fire, by the fire of the Holy Spirit, the more we find that the things of this world become, they fade. They're not so important anymore because we are captivated. We are fully um, filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know what it's like when people are passionate about something. You think about some of those people that, that... All they talk about is the thing that they are most passionate about. They get fired up to the point that everything else in their life seems to be really pale into insignificance. And, um, you know, you know what they're going to talk to you about when, because that's what they are so passionate about. They cannot help themselves. And there are people whose passion drives them to do crazy things, to go to extreme lengths. And why do they do this? They do it because they want to. They are passionate. They want to. Not because they have to. They're on fire because they have a passion that burns within them and drives them to do whatever it is that they're passionate about. So, what are you passionate about? What drives you? What makes you, you know, do things that that perhaps that if you, you know, by yourself you may not, but you are passionate, so you will do it. You, it drives you forward. You know, whatever you're passionate about will get your attention. That's what's going to take your mind. That's what's going to get your attention, and that's what fire does. It gets our attention. So whatever fires you up will get your attention. It will consume your thinking. It will consume your time. It will consume your heart. And so think about what consumes your thinking, what consumes your time, what consumes your heart. Now, being on fire for things that 
don't last, I think seems to lack purpose. If we're on fire for something that's just going to no longer be there, what purpose is there in that? So I think that seems to be a bit of a waste of our passion, a waste of our time and our energy. But when we're on fire for things that will impact eternity, I think that's a different thing. So I want to ask you, would you say that you are on fire for God? Would you say that you are passionate about that? That it takes up your thinking? It takes up your time? It takes your heart? Would you say that you are on fire for God? If not, were you, if, if you say, well, I'm not really, were you ever? Were you ever on fire for God? And perhaps it's, it's sort of the fires sort of gradually going out. Maybe you never have been. And today is the, op- the opportunity that if we are on fire for God, then let me tell you, he will keep you know, fanning the flame and it will get brighter and bigger. If you haven't been, or, or if you were once and, and you've sort of lost that, then today's an opportunity to think about what would it mean for me to be on fire for God, for God's, the fire of the Holy Spirit to be filling me and empowering me and changing me. And if you have never known that, let me tell you, today is an opportunity to accept Christ and what he offers you. And he does his transforming work in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will fill you. And he will, he will stir up the fire within you. And you will know what it is to experience his love in all of its power. I believe that this year God is saying to us individually and as a church, it's time to stop chilling out. And it's time to start firing up. Because it's only as we fire up that it's going to change the world. You see, if we sort of chill out and don't care that much, then are we going to worry about telling anyone else about this life-changing message that's changed our hearts? Or are we just going to get on with life and enjoy the things of the present time and think, this is pretty good, I like this, I've got this and this and this, and I can enjoy this. And, you know, really too bad about that other person. If If they don't know what I know, then... I'm pretty chilled out, I'm good. Or are we going to start to see that changing a person's destiny could be something that God could do within us and and use us to change someone's destiny for eternity? God wants the fire to be burning within us so that those people who don't know him become attracted to him and catch the fire for themselves. Now, in the Bible, there's lots of stories, lots of stories about fire. And many times they symbolise God's presence. And in our first series that we're going to begin next week, we're going to start looking at some of these stories about God's presence being revealed through fire and what his presence means for us. He revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. We're going to be looking at that next week. As we go through these coming weeks, we're going to look at at where the Israelites followed the pillar of fire and how God guided them through that. We're going to look at where God came at fire on Mount Sinai when when Moses received the Ten Commandments and what the people's reaction was to that. We're going to look at Solomon and how when he dedicated the temple, the fire fell from heaven and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. When Elijah prayed on Mount Carmel, the fire fell and consumed the offering in a way that will blow your mind if you don't know the story. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in the fiery furnace, 
Suddenly, a fourth person appeared, God himself, walking with them, and they came out totally unsinged. The power of God at work in the midst of the fire. So as I said already, and I'm going to keep saying this because we need to have this impressed upon our mind. When we are ablaze with the Holy Spirit, people will not be able to resist it. They're going to say, where's the fire? They cannot resist it. But let me tell you that a church without the fire will die. It will fall away from God's plan and purpose. And we only need to look at history to see that this is true. So do you want to be a church that's on fire? We want to be a place where God's presence is here, where, where people know that, that this is a place of his presence because it's, we're so ablaze that it's like the city on the hill that cannot be hidden. And people come because they want to know about the power of God, about his love for us. But the fire can go out. And it, and it doesn't just happen, unless you throw a whole bucket of water on it, maybe many, it doesn't go out quickly. It goes out over time, slowly and subtly. So you, you sort of don't really notice it. And gradually it dies. And maybe there's a small spark left. But, and, and maybe it's ever so feeble. And unless that's, fla- that's fanned into flame, it will totally eventually go cold and go out. Church, we must have the fire. And if we've, if we've lost it, then we need to regain it. And all we need to do is ask God because he wants to set our hearts on fire. As those two people walking on the road to Emmaus said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You see, the moment you allow God to talk to you, the, you, the moment you allow him to walk with you in your life, you'll begin to experience this, this warmth of his presence, this burning power that he wants to give to us if we open ourselves to him. As soon as he spoke to them, as soon as he walked with them, they received this. It's not like we have to, we have to go through courses to receive it. It's not like we have to be on the road, on the Christian road for, for a long time. All we have to do as soon as we take the step, as soon as we listen, we will hear from him and he will stir up in us that flame that will set us on fire, that will keep us warm and empowered for all of our lives. We just have to listen to him. How do we listen to him? Here. We can hear him in the pages of this, his word. Open it. Maybe you haven't opened it for a while. Open it and listen to him. He will speak and the moment you open it, you will hear. The moment you open it, your heart will begin to be warmed by his presence. The word of God is described often as a fire in our bones. We cannot contain it. And we cannot keep it to ourselves. In Jeremiah 20 verse 9 it says, But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. 
Here Jeremiah is saying, I can't be silent about it. I can't hold it in. It's burning within me. I have to let it out. He's so passionate about God and who he is and what he's saying. He can't contain it. And it's when you're on fire about something. When you're passionate, you can't. You can't help it. You just talk about it. And I think you know from what you talk about most, what you're interested in, what you're, you're, you hear from other people, you know what people are passionate about. So if we want to be on fire for God, we cannot do it without hearing his word. We can't do it on our own. God will speak to us through prayer, but the power of his word is really, really important. And when we do that, we won't be able to keep it to ourselves. We'll be saying, look, I heard from God said this. We can't be quiet about it. But if we don't have the word of God, then what speaks into our spirits? What speaks into us if we don't hear from God, if we don't have the word of God speaking into us? It's the culture of the world. And what it does is desensitise us to the power of evil at work in the world. We become complacent about evil. We sort of, we're desensitised to it. And we allow the world's standards to go unchecked. We just let it pass by. Unless we read the word of God and ensure it sets the standards, the world's culture will take a hold of our children, our families and our church. If we put the word of God back on the shelf... We allow secular culture to dictate the terms of our faith. That's very challenging to me. We can't allow that. We can't allow secular culture to determine how our church operates and how we are. It's the power of God and his word burning within us that will determine the standards that will help us to go forward. So where's the fire? We'll find it when we come to love God more than anything else. Because we desperately seek him, we will find him. Where's the fire? When Elijah prayed, the fire came. When Solomon prayed, the fire came. As Moses communed with God, the fire came. In the upper room at Pentecost, the people were waiting and they were praying. And as they did that, the fire came and God showed up in fiery tongues sitting on each of them. Where's the fire? It's found where people are praying, where people are completely and desperately waiting and depending upon God. It's found where people are crying out to God for the salvation of their family and friends, desperate. For them to know his love. It's found when we get out of our comfort zones and reach out to the lost, the lonely, and the hurting. It's it's found where you find people who give from the heart, not just because they have to. It's found where people live fully for the Lord and not for themselves. And when they go out after souls and don't care about the cost, that's where you'll find the fire. I've heard some Christians admit, I used to be on fire, but look, you know, my family, my job, my sport, my this, my that. I'm too busy. I don't have time anymore. 
and their passion has gradually died over time. Without Jesus, without the word of God, our hearts will grow cold because like fire it needs air and fuel to bring it alive and we need Jesus and we need his word to fuel our fire so that we don't grow cold. And by being in his word, by being in his presence like we are today, sharing with one another, receiving his heart and his power, we will stay on fire. The Bible also tells us that fellowship, being together, not just here on a Sunday, but in our homes, being together and sharing the word together will fuel the fire. We encourage each other in that way. We can share the concerns we have, the doubts that we have, and we can pray for one another and we can build each other up. Because then when we do that, we stay God-focused rather than self-focused. It's so easy for us to focus on ourselves and God's out of the picture. And God wants the fire to keep burning all the time. Not just here on Sundays, not just when we have prayer meetings, but all the time. In Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12, it says, this is what God's saying to the people. Meanwhile, keep the fire on the altar burning. It must not go out. Replenish the wood for the fire every morning. Put the offerings on top. Keep the fire burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. God warned them not to let the fire go out. They had to take steps. They had to take action so that it would not stop burning. And we have to do the same. We have to take steps. We have to act if we want the fire to keep burning in our lives. And there are many things, many things that can stop the fire burning. But we have to do what is needed so that it won't go out. We've got to make sure that we don't let discouragement let the fire go out. We get discouraged. We get disappointed. We stop reading. We stop praying because we're discouraged. But he is the source of encouragement here, in here. And the devil just knows how to get us away from that so that we will give up. Busyness, one of the biggest traps. Don't let busyness put the fire out. It doesn't mean you can't be busy, but don't let busyness be an excuse for not getting into the word of God, for not praying, for not seeking him. Don't let unforgiveness or bitterness put the fire out. Don't let a desire for things of this world put the fire out. Because let me tell you, that will certainly throw a bucket of cold water on you. I was reading John Wesley uh, he's one of the great revivalists and leaders of, of, the, of the past. And he said, My fear is not that our great movement, known as the Methodists, will eventually cease to exist one day, sorry, to exist or one day die from the earth. My fear, although I don't think the Methodist, does the Methodist church exist anymore? Not sure. Anyway, that's not his greatest fear. My fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire, without the power, without the excitement, without the supernatural element that makes us great. When we're content to live in our own strength, the fire will go out. But church, we have a fire that can change the world. 
Like, does that excite you? We have a fire that can change the world. We have a fire that can change people and nations. We have a fire that can replace lies with truth. We have a fire that can warm cold, stony hearts. We have a fire that can give strength to the weak, that can give hope to the hopeless and power to the powerless and love to those who have no love. We have a fire that can change the world. So church, let's get hungry for God. Let's get on fire for God. Let's be a church on fire that preaches the word and lives the word. A people with faith on fire who will honour God by the way that we live. Where's the fire? I say, stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Stir it up. Fan it into flame. A passion for your word. A passion for your name. A passion for your heart. A passion for you. Let's pray that God will stir it up in us. I believe that God is wanting that more than ever. Let's not sit there and let let the fire go out. Let's pray that God will bring the fire alive in us. And I kneel here this morning because that's what I want. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit alive in me. I want God in all of his greatness, in all of who he is to be here. I don't want this church to be anything but God himself, his presence, his power, his fire. And I invite you this morning, if you want the fire to come, we have, as a symbol to remind us throughout this year, we have candles here. We can't light them this morning in the church, but you can light them at home and have them burning. And they've got the the on fire sticker And if you want to be on fire for God, if you want to be all that He wants you to be, then don't let anything get in the way of that. Don't let pride get in the way of that. Don't let the past get in the way of that. Don't let anything get in the way of God being God in your life. Let the fire fall. Amen. Let's stir it up in our hearts, God. And you want to come and take a kneel or take a a candle as an indication of your response to say, yes, God, I want the fire. I want you. Forgive me for when I've let it go cold. I want to burn brightly for you.